Your property podcast comes to you with thanks to our friends at Trafalgar Square Finance, leading independent specialists in mortgages and all types of property finance. Whether it's buy-to-let, development or bridging finance, Trafalgar Square can help you organise your funding for your next property project. Exclusively to listeners of Your Property Podcast, Trafalgar Square offer a free one-to-one consultation. So whether you are a portfolio landlord looking to raise funds on your existing portfolio, or if you're just starting out and want to find out if you are eligible for a buy-to-let mortgage, Trafalgar Square Finance can help. It's easy to book with one of their experienced consultants by simply visiting yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash finance. You can find this link in the show notes for more details. Hello and welcome to Your Property Podcast. My name is Michelle Kearns and today we've got with us Ben Ross. Hi Ben. Hey there Michelle, how are you doing? Great, thank you. It's great to have you on with us today. Uh, and you have been quite prolific on your social media over the past year or two, you know, very consistent in sharing your journey. And I thought I'd invite you on because um, you are actually one of the few people that we've got through our training programmes that have actually been on uh, the service accommodation training, the development and now total design as well. So um, a very interesting aspect. And we've we've watched your journey through um, purchasing this property that we're going to talk about today. Um, but you've got a very interesting angle because you've done the, kind of the training from all sides so far. So um, let's just tell people a bit about yourself and how and why you've got into property. Yeah. OK, so. I finally decided I wanted to leave the my corporate position uh, in 2021. So started studying. Um, well, it took me a bit of time to find property was the answer. But then once I found once the new property was the the way out, then I just spent my time just studying and found YPN, and I, and it's it's been amazing. Yeah, just the amount of content that you guys cover for such good value. Um, yeah, that's that's been really good. And white property, I suppose, it's just achieving that freedom that we're all after in this game, the financial or time or location freedom. So that's that's my driver. All right. And how did you know you choosing this property and the strategy? Um, how how was you found the journey? Like, just talk us through how you got started with this project. Yeah, it's it was just. I think the first six months in this 2022 was just consuming as much content as possible and just listening to podcasts every, every opportunity. Um, and I've I've already got a little bit of background in service accommodation, so I've always um, kind of leaned towards that because I know it's it's the, one of the higher cash flow methods. So if I was trying to replace my corporate career income, I felt like that was a good route. So I learned about the one of the podcasts about like the apart hotel strategy and self-check-in. And I just felt that fit perfectly with what I was hoping to achieve. You've kind of gone in at the deep end, really. <laughs> you know, most people might start off with like a, a one bed flat or, you know, three bed house that do for contractors or something. But um, tell us about the project. Where is it? What is it? Yeah. So it's up in Wooler in Northumberland. Had all the right move alerts set up for Wooler for a while. I think it was an agent that told me about 
um, Ad Geffrin's. There's a whiskey distillery that they're opening, uh, or have opened now. It's opened last month. So he told me about this up-and-coming place called Wooler. Never heard of it. Set, set all the alerts up once I had that tip. And when I kind of got to that point where I, I'd learned about this strategy, this property came up and it was, it just fit perfectly. It was, it's, it is fairly large. It's 250 square meters and it's right on the high street and only eight minute walk away from this new attraction, which is expected to bring in 50,000 people per annum. And the village is tiny. So it's just going to be, it's going to be huge for the area. Wow. And how did you decide on this particular um, type of building then? So it, because for most people, they might be put off by uh, such a kind of big development for their sort of first first larger development. So how did you, you know, do you, in terms of confidence and also having the knowledge and the team in place to go for this type of project, how did that work? Probably more stupidity and naivety than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't, yeah I'm, so all through my life, my mum's always been involved in property and I've always done, um, just been, yeah, she's been flipping houses all through when we were growing up and that's how my mum and dad moved up the, the property ladder, I suppose, to where they are now. So I've always been around construction and building and did my own residential prop property up. So I had quite good base construction knowledge from that. So yeah, it was just it was just a next step up for me, I think. I think, yeah. Remind me how many rooms is it? It's seven. So seven yeah. all en suite. And what condition did you buy? And did you make them an offer to get it below market value or? It was on for 250,000. And I just read the book. Um, what's the? I can't think what's called now. One of the negotiation books. I can't think what's called yeah, now. Never split the difference. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, thank you. So I just read that, and they're talking about extreme anchors and all these kind of strategies you use. And I, I made sure I did it all in email, so I could then really take my time wording what I wanted to say, uh, using the techniques to use in that book. So, so yeah, that and it, and it worked. It worked a treat because it they had offers over two fifty, and I got it for two hundred thirty eight. So I think my first offer was way way down. It was oh, about two hundred twenty two or something like that. So yeah, it was it was good. It worked. So for people who haven't read the book, then how do the anchors work, and how did you use it in the emails? You just go extreme, go extremely low, and just and just it. It's almost like it's almost like an insulting offer, really, isn't it? It's it's bending their reality and what that they've got an idea of what they think their property is worth, and you just completely lowball them, and then it's bending their reality to come down. And what they might do then is like, well, we can't accept that, which is what you expect, but then we can do this. So instantly, they you've just knocked them down a peg, and then this that's the price they're trying to achieve now. It was never two fifty. And then from there, you can then try and work in between your offer and then their their counter offer, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's um, uh, it's an interesting strategy. And some people might think, oh, well, I'm I'm afraid of losing the deal or uh, like you say, insulting them. But 
if you're not embarrassed by your first offer, then you've you've offered too much, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Depends how much you want the deal. It depends, obviously, at what price point it works, etc. But um, it, yeah, you've obviously seen an opportunity in this. So it was a tired B and B, and then what are your plans to uh, to renovate it and use it? Yeah, so tight it was tired B tired B and B, and so the plan is to it because you're not there's no material change of use. There's no requirements to meet current building regs. So in essence, although there's two three new bathrooms going in, it's more just a massive refurb. Than, any, than anything else. So we have to meet all the building regs for anything new going in, but there's no there's no change change of use or material change of use in, in the building control's eyes. So yeah, that so it's it's more just a yeah, massive cosmetic refurb. We're gonna put right. little mini kitchenettes in each room as well. So not quite the apartheid tale because we're not gonna put hobs or toasters in um, for various reasons. One being sort of like cooking smells another being it would then push it into a change of use if um the building could show if you put in cooking facilities in well that was the feedback i had from the, those guys but yeah it'll be like uh fridge freezers and sinks microwaves um yeah so it'll look really tidy i think and then uh the plan is to um advertise this on uh, for service accommodation for people coming to the area for this distillery and just generally to the area uh, and how kind of high end are you going or are you aiming at just the mid-range? Yeah, I want to go really push the, the limits of what we're can charge for at nightly rates to so really try and max that out. The, yeah, yeah, definitely want to, yeah, go as, go as high as we can, basically, definitely. Yeah. So creating an experience for people and, and um, yeah, giving them a the wow factor yeah definitely okay and in terms of getting the team in place and funding so how did the funding work because you haven't done a development project of this size before so what how did that work with the lender how did you raise the deposit money yeah so the original plan was for this to be converted into four flats for SA. so the, so that was to get development finance so it would be buy on a bridge and then put planning in and then then you can refinance onto development once the planning. So that was the original plan. Didn't quite get the figures quite right. So when the RICS valuation came back, then they, it didn't meet the lender's criteria for loan to GDV, which I think was 65%. So that's when I had to almost switch strategies and do this uh, self-checking self hotel, which I'm glad I did because I, I really liked the model. And I, I can yeah. see this um, being rolled out quite well at different projects. And so I bought it on a bridge and then um, my dad's putting security on my dad's house to raise some further money for, for the refurb. Right, okay. And for the upfront deposit, is that just savings or an investor that you've worked with too? Yeah, so I sold uh, my residential property. So the one that I'd, took me about five years to complete. The, yeah, sold that in 2022 in July, and that was the majority of the deposit money. Great. Okay. So, um, all right then. So you you're looking at holiday that's for this, and the actual refurb 
process itself how has that been going working with different tradespeople, different professionals how have you found you know getting started on your first project yeah it's been eye-opening definitely <laughs> you can do all the theory but then when you're actually trying to implement it always yeah it's a challenge there's been there's a guy in Wooler that's been an absolute massive help for me I've I've moved to the area knowing no one uh, and yeah, he's really like took me under his wing. He's been a plumber for, I don't know, 20 years. And yeah, it's, that's, that's been amazing for him to sort of steer me in certain directions. And then obviously you guys, YPN have, have come in from the other angle. So yeah, I've, I've been nicely, I felt like I've been nicely looked after. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so on the training side of things and uh, how has that, uh, you know, helped you progress in this? project and how have you found the actual training useful itself yeah to the total development one i mean there's lots of even though i didn't do the flats there's many many lessons in there that applies to this project there's no it's the same really um so yeah like just schedule of works i think that's that's probably the number one thing get get the schedule of works done that's that's your blueprint that's every yeah that's that's really important and I think uh, just a quick tip that I think I found really useful is like if you do have Google, then it's almost when you, when the, my mum's helping design this project, Jane, she's she's sending me a million photos on WhatsApp and it's just getting those saved down. And then you can then share that from your G drive into your schedule of works. So when you're sending that out to the construction company, you've got you've got the description of what you're hoping to achieve with a photo and it just makes makes it so much clearer trying to get over to these guys the the design concept so yeah yeah having like the vision for what you want it to look like yeah and uh why did you choose to work with julian in terms of the design and uh having that because for a lot of people that's something that they only really considered the design at the end of the project um rather than right at as an integral part of the uh you know the setup stage yeah if you want to achieve high prices we need to have the you know the best product in wooler so interior design is is yeah it's it's key it's it's that wow factor when you walk in when you go on holiday you know and you walk into a new place and you get that wow factor then it's all if we if we are trying to push the envelope on what we can achieve then we need to really over deliver on on the package and yeah part of that is interior design and my mum's been a massive help she's like i said she's taken the the lead on the design and yeah she she's got she's done loads of projects in her time and with the sort of advice from julian and jane working together they've really like pushed well julian's really pushed my mum i suppose outside our comfort zones to do things maybe she wouldn't have potentially done in the past, but hopefully that gives us that uh, real impact that we're hoping to achieve. Yeah, it gives you the edge. And where do you think you'd be now if you hadn't have done any of that training? <laughs> Probably selling the property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You, you, well, you need it. You, you need you need yeah. the guidance. I just don't know how you could do it without it. It'd be an impossible task. <laughs> Would be very stressful, I'm sure, if you're trying to figure it all out for yourself. Um, yeah. 
first time. And okay, so you obviously you said that you had a couple some experience with service accommodation um, previous to this project. So uh, do you want to tell us about those, uh, where they are and uh, how do are they in terms of like producing an income for you? Yeah, so my first experience into service accommodation holiday lets was with my mum's property up in Isle of Skye. So she moved up there maybe six years ago and part of um, the power she bought had an outbuilding and she saw that everyone was doing really well on renting their properties out on Airbnb. So we wanted to do the same, put the planning in for that conversion for the outbuilding. And we uh, went up there in two, well, I went up there in 2019 and, and helped self-build that property. So that was the first sort of my first exposure to holiday lets. Saw how well Mums was doing and then made it the, our mission to get our own. So we've got uh, the malt house. So the business itself is Isle of Sky Stays. And so there's the, the large shed and then the malt house. And I managed that property, the malt house, to learn about channel managers, dynamic pricing, working with cleaners and guest management. So that's, that's kind of my background in, in total. Yeah, that's a good starting point for sure. And um, what, uh, how, what have you learned then in terms? So so far in your property journey, with you know starting out with obviously you've had experience with service accommodation with these um, properties uh, in the past, and then this project. Anything that you would do differently, or anything, any tips you would give to people who are starting their first development project? Oh yeah. I think start sooner. I think I think that's probably the biggest mistake I made. Although I spent I spent last twenty twenty two like networking, getting myself educated, which was all great. There's probably I think you need to at some point make a flip between like incoming information and building relationships, and then actually putting work out. So although I was grafting, trying to get the property complete as fast as I could, so that was always the number one task. There was other stuff I probably should have been doing at that time. The vendor wasn't particularly helpful letting us into the property, but I had drawings, so I could have been doing colour plans, M&E schedules, schedule of works. Could have could have had that ready, really, when I moved in. But, yeah, I didn't know, <laughs> didn't know how much work you was don't involved. Know what you, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. So uh, you're saying more prep if you've got say key access to whilst the whilst the deal deal was going through definitely so more prep at that stage okay and what's next for it then so when do you hope this will all be up and running and bring in some yeah. cash yeah uh, just progressing finance now so that's hopefully you know two three weeks away tops and then it's a three-month build open for august <laughs> set it out Right. Well, um, we can put the links to that in the show notes if anyone is interested in going up to a whiskey distillery. That's right, is it? Yeah. Yeah, in Wooler. Whereabouts is Wooler? Uh, deep in Northumberland, pretty much the Scottish borders, just like in between oh. Annick and Berwick. Right. Okay. Well, I'm sure lots of people got their uh, summer holidays planned out there and um, could drop in for sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Great. And any any final tips for people who are thinking about getting into property, but they're, you know, not sure whether they've kind of got the confidence to make the leap from the corporate world or from day job 
um and you know they they're not sure where to start yeah i, I think it's although yeah it's, it's starting and then it's courage i think they're the two i think um starting as in i mean i wish i started 10 years ago and it's a pointless conversation to, to even have that but yeah once you've realized once you actually start and then you and then yeah it takes time and it's consistency but yeah just start educating yourself networking and then the courageous part is just like really just like trying to push your comfort zones and just breaking down those anything that you're fearful in life i mean it's getting a webinar just showing your, your face i mean i used to be like a zoom ninja just had my camera off didn't speak in my corporate career and just getting the camera on showing your face and just constantly and just slowly slowly building that confidence up um yeah so that, that's the being courageous part i think Right. And you, as I said before, you're pretty active on social media. How are you finding using social media to raise your profile? And uh, are you getting any interest from investors or uh, is it just about like the long term game of getting, you know, being credible on social media? Yeah. So I never posted a single thing in my 20s. Right. So that going from where, where I'm from that to this is, is and again, that was the being courageous part. I think it's just. I, do, I try and do a weekly one on LinkedIn and Instagram, like a weekly update, and I just do like a daily uh, Instagram story. And yeah, like you said, the goal is raise their profile to hopefully get investors in the future. All my cash will be tied up in this project. So if I want to keep moving forward, and I think everyone's cash runs out on this journey if, if they start with a pot of cash. So you need to raise your profile and then hopefully, you know, JV with someone once you built relationships with someone or or raising an angel finance so yeah that's that's the place basically yeah and do you think you'll carry on with service accommodation sort of continue to build their portfolio within that strategy or will you try something else yeah I, I love I just think this the C1 uh, strategy is needs to happen now before everyone jumps on it so <laughs> I'm yeah well be... Yeah, the C1 class use says, you know, you've already got the B&B, so you should be yeah. pretty protected from any changes within the, uh, all of these changes that are happening with service accommodation for residential properties. So that's been, uh, I'm sure it's, it's, that'll be a bonus for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So try and try and roll out a few more. That's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And then. All and in then, the same area? Yeah, potentially, yeah. But then I know I know I need to diversify as well. So I've, it's been in my mind that with COVID, I know I'm not going to touch wood. <laughs> Obviously, nothing's going to happen. But if my if my sole strategy is this, then it, it's risky. So I will need to diversify at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, plenty of time for that. But let's <laughs> uh, let's see how you get on. We look forward to seeing what this uh, project brings for you and how you get on with the. Uh, with finalising everything and getting it all set up but uh, it'd be great to kind of have you back on in the future and, and later on in the year and see you know how the actual build went and how it's you know setting everything up and all your systems etc um, but yeah really inspiring to just see you getting out there and getting started uh, and using all the training using putting it all into action Thank you. awesome Thank you. And thank you, Michelle. You, you have been amazing. And the YPN team has been awesome as well. So thank you very much. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's been great to, great to watch your journey so far.
Thanks very much, Ben. And uh, <laughs> thanks for everyone who has been uh, listening to our podcast. And if you are not yet a subscriber to the magazine, please click the link in the show notes for your free 30-day trial. We'll see you next time, guys.